the Texas Rangers finish off a sweep of the 101 win Baltimore Orioles, and they kicked the absolute crap out of them. On today's show, we're talking about why this Rangers juggernaut team can win it all, the meaning of this series, and why the haters are absolutely in shambles. Let's get into all that and more on this episode of Lockdown Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Tuesday, October 10th. Your Rangers are going to the ALCS. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to listen every single day and to comment nearly any single thing below. Before we get into the Rangers' absolute butt-kicking of the Baltimore Orioles, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, the Texas Rangers are going to the ALCS where they will face off either against those stinking Houston Astros or the Minnesota Twins. The Astros are up two to one right now in that series. They'll play game four tomorrow, but I don't give a crap about them. This is about the Texas freaking Rangers kicking butt, taking names, taking no shade from anybody. No hating does not matter who hates on this team doesn't matter who they face off against. They will kick your freaking teeth in and they will make you watch as those teeth go crumbling to the ground, as do your hopes of winning a playoff series, let alone a playoff game. The Rangers are 5-0, and 5-0 in their playoff tenure under Bruce freaking Bochy. My goodness, this guy might be an absolute sorcerer. Like, I'm pretty sure that he is casting some kind of amazing spell over this team. That's my most rational thought as to why this is happening. I mean, it's it's the only thing that, that rationally makes sense in my head, other than the fact that this team is just really freaking good. Like, this lineup is incredible. The starting pitching, incredible. The bullpen, it exists. And Jose Leclerc is in it, and he is very freaking good to get you out of jams that uh, Araldis Chapman might put you into, but it doesn't freaking matter because the Rangers left no doubt in this one, starting with a leadoff home, not a leadoff home, a first inning home run by Corey Seager. Those cowards finally pitched to Corey Seager, and he made them regret it. The pitch that he homered on wasn't even a bad pitch by Dean Kremer. Not a bad pitch at all. But then... Here comes the Rangers in their big inning in the second, putting up a five spot with Nasty Nate being as nasty as he's ever been in a Texas Rangers uniform in this one. Five hits, just one run that was earned, no walks, seven strikeouts. Again, seven innings of one run ball from Nasty Nate in the clincher. But this offense, I mean, just absolutely unheard of. And, you know, Corey Seager, again, gets intentionally walked for Mitch Garver, three-hole hitter, and what does he do? He comes through with a big two-RBI double to get the Rangers a couple of runs and runners at second and third with the Rangers up 3 nothing. You thought, okay, this is nice. You got Nathan Eovaldi on the hill. You're feeling pretty good. And up comes Adolis freaking Garcia. 
of course, did anyone have any doubt that man was going to blow the absolute roof off of this new stadium? Oh my goodness, what a tomahawk home run by him in the clutch in the big moments to give the Rangers a six to nothing lead where nasty Nate would just go out and go to town with it. Oh my God, this offense, this team, everything, uh, everything about them is clicking in the biggest way at the biggest time. And I could not be happier for all of them. And Oh, by the way, speaking of guys who seem to be clicking at the right time, Nathaniel Lowe getting in there with a high highly hit home run shout out to Nathaniel Lowe who has been in a slump and he had some of the best at bats of the day including that second inning the second inning I mean he really he really got to Dean Kramer I mean he made him throw 15 pitches in an at bat and a hard hit line drive that ended up being an out but 15 pitches and this guy has been really going through it. I mean, we know he's been having some some struggles in his personal life. His mom is is diagnosed with cancer and she is fighting and couldn't be there at his games or at his games against his brother in Tampa Bay. Best to Wendy Lowe and the entire Lowe family. But I mean, it's got a way on him. But this guy is fighting through. He is persevering. He is giving you these kind of at-bats. He's been dropped down to the seven hole in the lineup and Heck, he's the best seven-hole hitter in the history of any lineup in baseball coming through with that huge, huge home run. You could just see the relief on his face, the relief on the face of his teammates in the dugout. They love this guy. Everybody loves this guy. And, you know, no one's more upset about his struggles than he is. And you can get Nathaniel Lowe going in the seven spot in your order. And oh, by the way, he's sandwiched with a couple by a couple of all-stars in that lineup. And oh, below him and below the, the all-star you have hitting eighth in your lineup is Leody freaking Tavares, who did have an O from this one, but still hitting 263 in the postseason, playing some pretty darn good defense in center field. I mean, my God, this team, it this is what I have been saying about this freaking team for months and people didn't want to believe it. I mean, national writers didn't really believe it. They kind of bought into it for a little bit, but once this team went on a slump because, you know, they had three all-stars on the aisle, everyone thought, oh, well, this team's done. Actually, they were never that good. Actually, that offense that was, you know, the best in baseball for the first couple months of the season, actually, that was fraudulent and cannot be sustained. Um, They're actually not that great. Um, Actually, that's a lie. This offense is absolutely sensational. They are putting together exceptional at-bats. They are grinding you down. They are doing everything you need to do to win a playoff series. And I mean, even if somehow the bullpen had blown a six-run lead in a two-inning span, which uh, I was honestly a a little worried about um, with how Araldis Chapman kind of struggled in there, it would not matter because the Rangers made this Orioles pen use everybody. I mean, they got an inning and two-thirds out of Dean Kremer that's a combined what um two three three and a third innings out of their number two game two and game three starters that they got and they couldn't even get five innings out of their ace kyle bradish which actually they probably could have if they left them in a little bit, little bit longer but they had to go to tyler wells they had to go to kyle gibson they had to go to dl hall they went to yenny or cano i mean they used 
everybody in this one, and they would have been really up against it, the Orioles, if they ended up managing to push it to a game four, which would have been maybe a little bit nerve-wracking. It would have been Martin Perez, but it does not freaking matter. Oh, by the way, now the Rangers have their own off days for the next few days heading into the ALCS against either Houston or against Minnesota. I think the Rangers will be the road team in both of those series, even though they had a better record than Minnesota. I think that it comes down to the seeding, the Minnesota twins, since they won their division, somehow get to be the three seed. Um, And because the Rangers didn't, even though they had a significantly better record, they have to be the five seed. I don't understand it either, but you know what? It is what it is at this point. It does not matter. The Rangers will go win on the road. They will go win at home. They will go win in Minnesota. They will go win in Houston. They do not care. This Rangers team is not the same team that faced either Houston or Minnesota. I don't think you can take a single freaking thing from any of those series because that's not what this Rangers team, this Rangers team right now is completely different from the Rangers team. Them, They are hitting with runners in scoring position. They are hitting for average. They are grinding you down, wearing down your starting pitchers. It doesn't matter if it's Grayson Rodriguez. It doesn't matter if it's from Valdez or Justin Verlander or Sonny Gray or, you know, Pablo Lopez on the hill. It does not matter. This Rangers team is going to grind you into dirt, make you go into your bullpen in the third inning in multiple games. I mean, in the second inning, excuse me, in back-to-back games, and it doesn't matter how deep your pen is, the Rangers are going to get to them. It doesn't matter how good your pitchers are, the Rangers are going to get to them, they're going to embarrass them, and they are going to freaking win. Oh, and the starting pitching is going to do enough to keep them in, and the bullpen is going to do enough to keep them in. I mean, we even saw the Rangers win a close game, holding on to a, a late lead in game one of this series. I mean... Is there anything this Rangers team can't do right now? I think the answer is emphatically no. This is the best this team has looked all season. This is the best this team has honestly maybe ever looked in franchise history. My goodness, the depth of everything clicking right now is just honestly a little overwhelming in a good way. Coming up, we're going to talk about Nasty Nate, the importance of him, and why I do not care about any single hater for the rest of time. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. October baseball is back, and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. You can bet on some Corey Seager home runs in the ALC yet. It's CS, I'm betting. You can maybe bet on a Nathan Eovaldi gym in the AOCS or a Jordan Montgomery gym or whoever starts game three. Maybe it ends up being Max Scherz. Maybe it ends up being John Gray. Who knows? Because the Rangers seem like they might be getting some more reinforcements at this point, which would be incredibly encouraging. But if you are, are wanting to get in on the action, head over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate with this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Now, shout out to the everyday for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day on tomorrow's show. I'll be back talking a little bit about Maybe if we know the Rangers opponent, maybe it'll be a all Texas silver boot ALCS, but you can catch every pitch of the Rangers ALCS, whoever they're facing on a Sirius XM, just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, 
the Rangers got six runs from their offense early on in this one. They added on a seventh one just for good measure in the sixth, but it did not need to be that good because nasty Nate was as nasty as ever in this one, seven innings, five hits, one run, no walks, seven strikeouts. And the velocity was back to what we saw at peak Nate Eovaldi. I mean, absolutely sensational maxing out at 98 and a half miles an hour on the fastball um, averaging 95.8 up 0.7 miles per hour from his yearly average, which was dragged down significantly because he was basically rehabbing at the major league level for the last month of the season. The Rangers probably could have used him going down to the minor leagues, but they needed every out they could get from all of their starters. And, you know, they got everything from Nathan Eovaldi and Chapman, you know, kind of did his job in this one, got a couple outs, but again, was shaky. It feels like every big clutch situation with Rollis Chapman on the hill. I mean, this was a seven to one game and it did not, it did not feel like a six run lead for the Texas Rangers because here comes, here comes Chapman. He's, he's got some occasional nastiness, but he's also got quite a bit of wildness and he had to bring in Jose, the clerk in, in the eighth inning to get one out, which he did. Thank the good Lord before it got any more nerve wracking and a really, really great at bat by Jose LeClerc facing off against, of course, Aaron Hicks, who had just gotten to him in game two with that three-run homer in a game that should not have ended that close. Um, but it did, and LeClerc made a, threw a lot of pitches to get work, and this is his fourth game, or his third game in four days. Had to throw 14 pitches in this one. They, thankfully, all the high-leverage spots, all the high-leverage pitches were in that one at-bat against Aaron Hicks. But he came up, he got the out, he got the weak contact to, I believe it was first base, yeah, to cover the bag at first base and get the out. Then gets the strikeout to close it out. One of the more iconic performances by a Rangers closer in quite some time. Maybe the most I've trusted a Rangers closer in years. Honestly, it has been so long since there has been a closer that I have trusted this much in the big spots in the postseason. I mean, he is basically embodying, you know, you know, Naftali Feliz vibes. Like, just still looks like such a young kid. He's he's not young, not anymore. Um, and you better believe they are picking up that six and a half million dollar option for next year. He turns 30 uh in in January or not January in December of this year, about a week before Christmas. And um, I hope the Rangers are going to get him a very nice Christmas present, especially if he is closing out games in the ALCS, which I think he just might be doing, but Jose Leclerc finding it after all year, having all of these struggles after the years and years, it seems like it's been for him to finally get fully healthy. I mean, He's fully healthy. He is looking like the best version that he has ever looked of himself. I mean, tonight the cutter was up three miles an hour. The fastball velocity was up two and a half miles an hour from the yearly average. And this was game three in four days for Leclerc. It did not face him at all, not in the slightest. He did not care. He was amped up to go out there. He was amped up with the slider, amped up with the four seamer, amped up with the sinker and the cutter and the everything. The dude was nails. And he is making me trust a closer in this bullpen, 
in this bullpen that has blown lead after lead after lead all year round. They went through one phase of Will Smith being absolutely sensational, and he is completely fallen off a cliff. They went through a time where they thought maybe it's Aroldis Chapman. That was not a long-lived thing. But here comes Jose freaking LeClerc shutting it down being nails, being trustworthy, staying in the strike zone, not being erratic. My goodness, what a redemption arc for Jose freaking LeClerc. He lost the closer job in May after that series against the Reds. He came into camp as a Rangers closer, and then, well, here you are after, after an entire year. Oh, here we are. Jose LeClerc is back and in these high leverage roles, and he has been absolutely sensational. I know he did give up the three-run home run to Aaron Hicks in game two, but I don't care. Occasionally, closers give up bombs. Occasionally, they blow leads. But for the most part, in this postseason, he has pitched in every postseason game that the Rangers have played this year, and he has been really darn good in all of them, and the Rangers have won all of them. And that is really what matters most. I mean, I'm a big numbers and analytics guy, but occasionally you got to throw that stuff out of the window. And Bruce Bochy seems to have done that in trusting Jose Leclerc to be his closer. I mean, but the numbers are backing it up. I mean, it, they are backing up what Jose Leclerc is doing. They have been pretty darn good overall this season, but this team coming through in the clutch time and time again, I mean, just, the huge performances from Seager, from Adoles Garcia, from Nathaniel Lowe, from Nate Eovaldi, from Jose Leclerc. This team is peaking at the absolute right time. And this is the stuff that teams who win it all do. This is what they do. They put it together at the right time. They have everything or at least enough clicking at the right time to go into places like Baltimore, like Tampa Bay, with those teams that were incredibly deep and stacked and really darn good. They beat these teams so bad. They got people complaining about changing the postseason. They got to change this format. It's unfair. These Rangers are just too darn good. All these lowly Rangers who only won, you know, 90 games and, you know, were a tiebreaker away from actually finishing as a top seed and maybe they were actually really good this entire time we actually just um couldn't reckon with it and grapple with it and uh, maybe we should do that no no instead the discourse has been oh it's unfair for these teams to have a layoff well i mean baltimore really they got their butts kicked in this series but in terms of a sweep and a sweep where two of the games were kind of blowouts it it, it kind of felt Pretty close. I mean, this Baltimore team is young and fun and good, and they won 101 games in a really tough division and a division that has not won a playoff game in the last two years, partially because they ran into a freaking buzzsaw of the Texas Rangers, two of those teams. And well, the Blue Jays just seem to have been fraudulent, or maybe just the Twins are really good. I, I want to give more credit to the Twins because uh, all the complaining that I did about people not giving credit to the Rangers being good. So I will just say that the Twins are actually really darn good. And so are the Texas freaking Rangers, who have not lost a playoff game since 2016. Imagine cheering for a team that's lost a playoff game in the last five years. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me cheering for a poverty franchise that loses playoff games. I hope this doesn't come back to bite me in like three days. But hey, for right now, the Rangers are undefeated. The sky is the limit. No, the stratosphere is the limit. No, the next universe is the limit. There is no limit at this point for things that are going right for these Texas Rangers. And it seems like things might just be getting even better once they get to the ALCS. But I think. They might just have a boost coming to their rotation in a freaking future Hall of Famer. 
coming back and being ready. We're going to talk about that and this playoff format nonsense and why it does not matter in the slightest. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself by... Uh, Modern medical care and treatment are important, but global supply, chain, supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form, and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies, where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send a physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions at any time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers first listen every single day. On Thursday's show, I'll be talking... Maybe by then, we'll actually know who the Rangers are playing in the ALCS, but it does not freaking matter because you can catch every pitch with the ALCS no matter who the Rangers are playing because the Rangers are playing in the ALCS on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the Rangers got some good news today. It seems like the Rangers could be having some reinforcements in their starting rotation. They are not going to have to go, probably, with a a piggyback game of Andrew Heaney and Dane Dunning in game one of the ALCS. Uh, Max Scherzer, according to Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic in his daily uh, his daily newsletter, The Windup, um, he was talking about the potential, the potential ad of Max Scherzer. He threw 92 to 94 in a live batting practice session on Saturday. He also had another bullpen session on Sunday, and it didn't go particularly well, but not because of the injury, because he had a stomach bug. And they were thinking that they didn't want to add him to the roster because there there was no way that he would pitch any sooner than game four. And at that point, he'd only give them, you know, one or two innings. And at that point, it, it didn't really feel like it would be worth it. But John Gray, who is now active, available to be active for the ALCS because he has been on the IL long enough, it seems like he is going to be pretty much ready to go with that, I believe was a forearm injury that put him on the IL and made him miss his final start after being healthy for mo the most, most of the season. But, you know, it turns out the Rangers didn't need Max Scherzer. They didn't need Jacob Brown. They didn't need John Gray. They they're going to need, you know, two of those guys, at least one of those guys in the ALCS, no matter who they're facing. I would be kind of tentatively okay with Dane Dunning going out there, having the, the uh, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning combo for, for one game in these playoffs. Unfortunately, the Rangers couldn't get as much rest in their ALDS, you know, appearances as the NLDS because TV and they wanted to give an extra day in between games one and two for the NLDS so that they could space out the TV days as opposed to just spacing out everything else differently. They had to give the AL NLDS people um, a, a way to start their number one starter in game one and four without having to go on short rest because I don't know. That, that feels like more of an advantage than having a long layoff or a short layoff. And just the discourse in this has been so toxic. And oh my God, just of the a million different things that the broad that I could have to point out what was wrong with this Fox broadcast, the just unbridled, this is unfair. This is whatever. This is fluky by, you know, 
the guy in charge, old Johnny boy talking about, Oh, if the Rangers and Orioles played this series, you know, 10 more times, it would go very differently the other night. Well, yeah, that's how things work, but it didn't guess what it freaking didn't. You know what? These other teams that had long layoffs, that got their butts kicked. They should have tried winning games. Huh? That's, that's the way to do it. Oh, you have a long layoff. Oh, you're, you're tired. Oh, you're out of rhythm. How about you just try winning? Huh? You ever thought of that? No, they didn't. The Orioles didn't think of that. The Rays didn't think of that because the Rangers swept both of them. And you know what? Who cares? All the talk was laughing at this Texas Ranger team for having the audacity to celebrate on Saturday night of the regular season. And that's the only reason why the Rangers offense got blanked, not because, you know, Logan Gellert was amazing in game 162. No, 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 no. There's no credit due to the other team. It's just blame on the Texas Rangers. Well, you know what? I don't care who gives this Texas Rangers team credit because I'm giving them credit because Rangers fans who have watched this team all year know to give them credit. The other teams in the playoffs know how good this Texas Rangers team is and deserve and will be giving them credit and respect and, you know, will maybe be beaten by them. Maybe one team will end up getting one game off the Rangers in these playoffs, or maybe not. Maybe the Rangers will just go 2-0 in the wild card, 3-0 in the ALDS, 4-0 in the ALCS, and 4-0 in the World Series. And will be whining and complaining about, well, oh, these juggernaut teams, oh, they're, they're supposed to be baby. No, that's the last team. Those are the last people on earth who want these excuses for them is, is these teams that are getting their butts beat. They'll be the first ones to tell you. They'll be the first ones to tell you that we just lost. We should have tried being better. We should have won and we didn't. And that's how baseball goes. Sometimes the best teams, the juggernaut unstoppable machines don't win at all. Also look at these teams that are maybe losing, maybe going to get swept um, or already did get swept at these juggernaut 100 plus win teams. The Dodgers have, you know, one, maybe not even really one good pitcher. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is generational and I love him to death, but he is not right right now. And they've got a bunch of rookies in the rotation and Lance Lynn, who is the home run King of pitchers. And he is probably going for game three for them. And if it's not him, then it's going to be some other rookie starter who is up against an innings limit over probably over their innings limit from years past and pitching in their postseason debut. They've got a great lineup. They've got two MVP candidates at the top of their lineup, and they've got a lot more depth in that lineup than people think, but they're flawed. They've got a really good bullpen to make up for when their starters poop the bed, but they're flawed. The Atlanta Braves have one and a half healthy pitchers. They've got the best lineup that maybe we've ever seen in the history of baseball. And their bullpen is okay. I mean, Iglesias is, is pretty fine as a closer. They got some other guys who've got some stuff. Um, but they're facing off against a really good Phillies team. And there was a lot of pearl clutching and, and moaning and, and nonsense about, oh, well, these juggernaut Braves, they, they should have simply gotten you know a bigger advantage. What more advantage could you give them? They had a whole week to rest their game two starter in Max Freed to get him off the IL. And I know he didn't pitch super great, but if it wasn't for that, I mean, they've got several other pitchers that are hurt. And, and sometimes this happens. It happened to the Rangers in 2012. It happened to the Rangers in 2010, where... You know, I don't think that the 2010 San Francisco Giants had a better baseball team than the Texas Rangers, but they beat them and they beat them handily in the World Series. I think the Rangers had a better team in 2011 than the St. Louis Cardinals, but they lost 
they lost, they couldn't get the job done. And in 2012, I think that's the best Rangers team we've seen maybe in franchise history up until maybe this year. And they lost in the final week of the season. They lost the division. And then they lost in the one game wild card to freaking Joe Saunders and the Baltimore Orioles. Sometimes that's the way baseball goes. Sometimes the juggernauts do succeed and prevail and make it all the way to the World Series and win it all. Sometimes they don't. And that's okay. And it's not an indictment on the baseball playoff format. Heck, it's not an indictment on baseball in general. It's just how it happens sometimes. And unless you want to go back to the 1910s where, you know, there was no interleague and, you know, there was before television and before all kinds of other stuff. And, you know, there was just two teams that made it to the playoffs every year. Then you can go do that. But if you want to keep raking in all of this TV revenue, if you want to keep raking in all of these amazing postseason moments or, you know, postseason sweeps where the Rangers just kick everybody's butts and everybody outside of Rangers fans are sad and Rangers fans are really happy, then this is what you live with. This is how it goes sometimes. And you know what? It doesn't matter. And no one's going to be policing the Rangers celebration of he heading to the ALCS. Thankfully, we at least are hopefully past that. Or maybe we're not. And we'll see a bunch of tryhards saying, oh, actually, don't celebrate until you won the whole thing and then only celebrate a little bit and then go get your nose to the grind zone and go do it again next year. No, screw that. This team is happy. This team is fun. They are singing Creed in the locker room. They're playing Creed on the broadcast. They got the stadium rocking the fans behind it. The first playoff game at Globe Life Field is a win and a blowout win. The Texas Rangers are undefeated at Globe Life Field in the playoffs. They are undefeated in the playoffs under Bruce Bochy. Corey Seager has never lost a playoff game with the Texas Rangers. Neither has Marcus Simeon. Neither has 21-year-old Evan freaking Carter. Neither, neither has Mitch Garver, three-hole hitter, who gets to stay in the lineup because he hit a grand slam. And Bruce Bochy said that was some rule that he, he thought up uh, years ago. Well, it's a great rule. He should have just been in the lineup anyway. But he's there now, and I don't think he's ever coming out. I don't think Evan Carter is ever going to be hitting ninth in the lineup ever again. And hopefully we're not going to be seeing Josh Young hitting eighth in the lineup. But even if he is, it's more of a statement of how incredibly, insanely talented this lineup and this team is. This team was World Series favorites as recently as yesterday, according to FanDuel and many other sites and places. And they might be favorites again tomorrow. Probably will be because they're the only team that has wrapped up their berth in the division or the league championship series. And you know what? If they are, that's fine. Cause I know the Rangers don't give a crap about it. They are not worried about being the favorites. They're just worried about which Creed song they're going to play. And if they can take us higher and higher to the playoffs, they have taken us to the ALCS and you know what? The world series is next and maybe winning the whole dang thing. I don't care who these Rangers face. And you know what? I was kind of terrified of it earlier. Maybe this is insanity, but bring on the Houston Astros bring on the Minnesota twins. I don't care who it is. This team is as good as anybody in baseball and they beat the absolute snot out of the two teams that we thought were the best teams in baseball for months and months and months out of the season. Two teams that were incredibly consistent and good and deep and talented at all kinds of different things of winning the things you need to do to win baseball games. They had Kevin cash, the brilliant tactician. They had, um, they had, uh, you know, Gunnar Henderson, the rookie of the year and this young core that's, you know, going to be way better than everybody else for the the future of uh, the bright future of the Baltimore Orioles is going to be so much brighter than everybody else as well. The Texas Ranger future is pretty darn bright because they got Corey Seager playing here for the next eight seasons. They got Marcus Simeon for another half decade. They got another more than another half decade of Evan Carter and Josh Young and Leone Tavares and Adolis Garcia is going to be here 
for quite a while. And oh, by the way, they're about to get some reinforcements, hopefully in the form of Max Scherzer and John Gray. And even if they don't, they don't freaking need them because whoever is on this roster can play. They can ball. They can hit. They can come up in the clutch moments. They can kick your freaking face in and they don't care what you have to say about it, about anything about them. They don't care if you give them credit. They don't care if you give them blame. They don't care if you want to whine about the format of a playoff series or celebrations or Creed music or whatever you want to complain about. They don't give a crap about what anybody thinks besides themselves, which is the biggest point in their favor that I think I could possibly ever give a team. They have been through the highest highs, the lowest lows, and they have come through it and they are in the ALCS. The job is not done yet. They are not satisfied yet. They're going to have at least they have this celebration. Maybe they'll have one more. Maybe they'll have two more. Maybe we'll be ch planning a championship parade for the Texas Rangers for the first time in franchise history. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I know this team is as good as we thought they were at any point in the season. They are peaking at the perfect freaking time. God bless the Texas Rangers, the absolute juggernaut killers, and bring on the next juggernaut because I want them all. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy ALCS Texas Rangers baseball. <laughs>